This show contains four-letter words and adult situations. But what did you expect? It's called Now That I'm Older. I still think it's like blankets out of people's cars after they annoy me. <laughs> See, I, I steal over- for justice. <laughs> <laughs> we got we convinced ourselves that we got high off these. <laughs> Wait think, a minute! I think we were just uh, starving <laughs> and had so much adrenaline in our system from car bashing, but we were convinced as hell that we got bun highs. And this is before you guys smoked weed or anything. Yeah, we didn't, do drinks. we didn't do drugs or drink at all. Our whole group didn't back then. You guys were just idiots driving around in a Mustang that has a hole in it and a possible. Yeah, we're the opposite of, of a after school special because we quit doing illegal shit once we started drinking. Sorry about my shit intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Now That I'm Older with Shane Smith and Ken Baldwin. A.K.A. KB Paperstacks, A.K.A. Baldwin Escobar, A.K.A. Danger Zone, A.K.A. Vanilla Thriller, and A.K.A. MC Killer B. No one calls you any of that. So growing up poor, there are some things that you just accept are going to happen. Some days you're going to show up to your single wide trailer and the air inside is going to be stagnant. Like there's no heat or air conditioning on at all. But as a kid, your next trip is always to the TV, thinking maybe the air conditioning is just busted and you'll just sit and watch some cartoons on the hot air until mom and dad get home and can fix it. But no dice. The TV doesn't come on. Your power is off. You can't even turn on any lights in the house. And when mom and dad didn't pay the power bill, it wasn't off for an hour or two. It was typically off for a day or two. Or there was that one summer when my mom and dad were both working, making good money, but for whatever reason, they decided that they were not going to pay the gas bill. So this entire summer, we got to either take cold showers or heat up bath water on the stove for an entire summer. It was great. But there's one thing that poor people have universally in common, and most of them do. And that thing is to spend money that they do not have. Now, this can be done in many ways. Getting a credit card and racking up a huge balance and then not paying it off and then complaining about the fact that you owe money. Or blowing through your entire paycheck over the weekend drinking and hanging out with your friends and then complaining about having no money when Monday comes rolling around. Or one of my favorites was going to the rent-to-own stores. You probably remember the commercials when you were a kid. Get this 32-inch television that retails for $300 for only $15 a week. But what they weren't telling you is that paying $15 a week for the next year, that $300 TV is going to end up costing you close to $700. But for people who have no money, paying $15 a week seems like it's not that much money at all. So my mom and dad were all proud when I was around nine years old to tell me that they had bought us a brand new dining room table. They explained that they went to the store and it was going to be delivered next week. And they were practically giddy when they're telling me about it. My mom is glowing as she says, I picked it out. It matches our house so well. It's going to be nice. We're not going to have to use this old beat up table anymore. And she was right. The table we had in our kitchen was crappy and old. And in my nine year old head, it was nice to have a good table instead of the crappy one we'd been sitting out that had the mismatched chairs. So just like they said, in the next week, our brand new dining room table was delivered and it was glorious or as glorious as a new dining room table can be. The delivery guys set it up and there were four matching chairs and it was perfect, but it also felt weird. We were the poor kids. We only got new stuff at our birthdays or at Christmas. And for the most part, all of our stuff, clothes, furniture, toys were handed down from other relatives or from friends, or they were from a yard sale or from the Goodwill. This was brand new. The first meal we sat at, sitting around eating dinner, we felt like royalty. We were at a brand new dining room table that, like mom said, matched our house and it was great. But over the next few weeks, the dining room table started to blend into the background. 
gone was all the excitement about it. Now it was just furniture. It was a dining room table. But there was one thing that remained from the excitement that we had that first day, and that was the payment. Now, the fact that it was only $15 a week suddenly turned into $60 a month in my mom's head. And after a couple of weeks of my dad blowing through his whole paycheck and then complaining about not having any money on Monday, I heard my mom and dad whisper one day, we'll just skip the payment for the table and then we'll pay two payments next week so we can buy groceries. And that was my dad telling my mom, it's okay that I blew through my entire paycheck. We'll just go ahead and skip a payment on this. So in the next week, when I would get home before my mom and dad, I was told, when you answer the phone, just take any messages for us. So Monday afternoon, I start getting calls from the rent-to-own place. And the guy's very nice at first. Hey, tell your mom and dad to call us as soon as they can. We just need to talk about the payment for the dining room table. And you could tell this was being said with a lot of smiles and happiness. But as mom and dad weren't returning the calls at the beginning of the week, by around Wednesday, Thursday, it starts to get more urgent. Hey, make sure to let your parents know it's very urgent that we speak to them. We do not want to have to escalate this and go any further, okay? And these calls were not being made with smiles in their voices. In fact, some guy who was making barely above minimum wage was having to waste his time to call me and my parents to get us to pay their freaking $15 they owed. But for me, as a nine-year-old, as soon as mom and dad got in the door, I was like the guy from the dining room table store, and he sounded really serious. My mom and dad basically ignored the calls all week, and Friday came and went, and they were supposed to pay $30 to catch up the payments but my parents doubled down and skipped another payment. And suddenly my instructions changed when it came to the phone calls from the rent-to-own store. If that guy calls you from the table store, you tell him we can't talk to him about it right now. You're going to have to call him back later. Don't tell him about us paying anything or tell him when we're going to be here or anything like that. Don't talk to him. Tell him you'll have to call him back later. So I took this tactic for the first two days of the week. I got super urgent, very angry calls from the barely above minimum wage guy who had gone from having a smile in his voice to basically yelling at a nine-year-old kid over two $15 payments. Make sure your parents call me, okay? I need to talk to them. And then on Wednesday of that week, there were no more calls. And mom and dad were happy when we weren't getting any more calls. My dad said, maybe they know we're going to pay on Friday and they're just going to leave us alone for a little bit. And everything seemed like it would be okay. Maybe I wasn't going to have to be the nine-year-old operator for mom and dad trying to get around the bill collector calls anymore. But on Thursday, I get this knock at the door and there's a guy standing there with a polo shirt on with the logo for the rent-to-own place on his left breast pocket. And he smiles at me and says, I'm here for the dining room table. And as a nine-year-old, there's just a second of hesitation, but I mean, he's got the logo on his shirt for the store. So I opened the door and said, well, come on in. I figured mom and dad had actually spoken to the guy and told him to come get the dining room table for whatever reason. But as he's loading up all four chairs and taking them out to his truck, and then he loads up the table and takes it out to his truck, the feeling of royalty we had as a family sitting down at that dining room table the very first time was gone. The feeling of the fact that maybe we weren't going to be the poor kids anymore was gone. All that was left now was just this big empty place in our kitchen where all those feelings had been just a few minutes before. And as mom and dad got home, they both asked the same question. Where the hell is the dining room table? And I gave them the most honest answer I could. Nine-year-old Shane looks up and says, The guy from the store said he was here for it and I thought you guys told him to get it. And this was the day that I learned what the word repossession meant. Hey guys, welcome back to a show that remembers a time when the worst problem you had was whether you could get enough money to go get candy from the corner store, or as we like to call it, now that I'm older. A show about how getting older sucks but can be awesome at the exact same time. You can find us online, go to nowthatimolder.com, we're also on Facebook as well as Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show anywhere you find us online because that helps us out a lot. You can also find us on Twitter, Gmail, and Instagram, but it's at NTIOPod. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older. And if you give to us, we're going to give right back to you. You can also find us on Twitter with the hashtag Potter and Family. 
Now, Potter and Family is a family of podcasters that came together to cross-promote each other, spread the word about badass independent podcasts, and create a family out of absolutely nothing. If you go to Twitter and check out the hashtag Potter and Family, you're going to find our show as well as the Tale Teller, the Sausage Roll and Dim Sim podcast, and the Fulfill My Fantasy Mike podcast. And this week on episode 189, we discuss a lot of stuff, starting out with cart bashing, a sport that Kenny invented a long time ago that we played for years in Marietta. We also discuss the great hamburger bun heist of our late teen years and basically generally being vagrants. Oh, and we also have an appearance from a possum that lived in Kenny's car for a little while. So check it out. We'll be right back. the doublers got the right level and shit this is literally going to be the first recording we've done all night that actually has any sort of substance to it everything's done dude i'm ready okay well we're ready right now the recording is already going breaking news i'm brock stoneman with now that i'm older news we have the crime of the century it seems there's been a robbery at a Burger King. We go live now to Ken Baldwin. It's not really live. It happened like 20 years ago. Wait. <laughs> so we did this whole like intro thing and you're like, I got this story. Well, I mean, you're just going to be like breaking news. It wasn't breaking news. I told you I had a story about one time when we like stole the bread at Burger King. <laughs> so for you, you guys who might have just tuned in and never heard now that I'm older before, my mom worked at a Burger King for Literally the beginning of time all the way until recently. Um, That's the, the way they make it sound. Like they, <laughs> the only way Shane and Steven make it sound, it sounds like her life was de- dedicated to Burger King. Well, legitimately like it, it was. Be, it should be Darlene's Burger King right now. Dude, it was definitely from the time she was 16 years old up until about three years ago, my mom worked at Burger King. And anytime I wanted a Whopper, it was available to me. It was like just <laughs> like they're on mad. Tap. They're mad salty about not being able to get a free Burger King anymore. They've been reading this two-person boycott. Like their mom eats Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> There is an embargo against Burger King completely. God forbid they see you eat a Whopper in front of them. They give oh. you this guilt trip that is like so pathetic. Anybody out there in the audience right now who's eating a Whopper, put the goddamn Whopper down. Because on now them. that I'm older, don't listen to them. On that now one, that I'm older, right now there is an embargo. Fran- that one franchise. Don't eat the one on Austell Road. No, 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 no. It's an embargo against all of Burger King. Okay, well, that's again, that's a two-person embargo. It's probably going to be as successful as the Nike embargo. <laughs> Did they just hit like a 53-year high on their yes. stock or some shit like that? And record-breaking sales. Okay, so here's the thing. Working at Burger King, my mom kind of had like, we always His went to Burger was the King man. He's it. making this really complicated. His no, mom I'm was saying, the manager. I was going to say, we used to go into work with her and shit like that. So Stephen would see everything, the inner workings of how Burger King worked. I saw the inner workings. We used to go make ourselves. Yeah, it's, it's not know. that complex. It's not like we had a sleeper cell inside the Burger King for Intel. Well, and again, Stephen was with us and we were cart bashing. This is breaking news right Shane now. Shane was off trying to score with some, some chick. Probably Elizabeth at that time. Whatever, dude. Anyway. So he's out about doing his own thing. So we're, we got Stephen. I'm living my life. I'm living my best life. Shane off doing my Steven, own thing. So we wouldn't pick him up. So we run around with this 12 year old for no reason. <laughs> See, back in the day, Stephen was with me literally everywhere I went. I would go on dates to movie theaters, and Stephen would have to go with me. Unless one of us took him off your hands. Exactly. So this night, Kenny's like, hey, man. Me and Adam I... took him. He's like, hey, we man, need a Stephen spotter. <laughs> He's like, can Stephen Stephen was, Stephen was incredibly good at spotting good bashes. Like, we wouldn't let him hang out the window. 
Because he was 12. <laughs> but he and could ride in the back. He fit in the back seat good, too, so he didn't bitch about being in the back. Didn't he have to sit on the mountain of trash that you had in the back seat of your With car? With possum. <laughs> With a bus. Hold on. Let's pause here. No. You, you, had a pause, you had a possum? Is this a possum pause? It's a possum pause. <laughs> you had a possum in your car? Yeah. How did a possum... I feel like we need to talk to the audience about this there right now. There were some now. holes in it from fashes. <laughs> he could climb in through the fender hole. And he got in there, and he just decided it was a good place to live. I just gave him some french fries every now and then. So you had a wild animal. It wasn't really wild at that point. You had a pet possum living inside your it was car. A security possum. With <laughs> Steal my car. You'll be fucked up. That's the name of this episode, <laughs> goddammit. Security possum. Okay, yeah. so you guys are out car bashing. Where were you? Uh, what store were you out car bashing at? Oh, we were at the our favorite, the Kmart. So the K, did the Kmart have the plastic? Um, no, Kmart cars? had the ramp. Oh, that's and then right. The pit on the other side of the ramp, <laughs> where the air conditioner units were. Okay, so for everybody who's listening right now, if you've driven behind those shopping centers and shit it's like where that, you get the elusive C five. There's the places where you can like back a tractor trailer down and then you unload the tractor trailer, but there's like a little. Um, on the other side, there was a ramp like people could walk up or truck or little hand trucks could go up and down. Right, and the goal when you would bash, when you would car bash on this thing, was to get the cart to go up the ramp. But yeah, you had to push it off hard enough because there's like the poles that held the overhang over, and there were like some parking uh, posts that you know I had to cleverly avoid. My goal as the driver was to stay as close to the ramp as long as possible without hitting those two concrete poles. So let's go through this for the audience because you're in what you're, you're right, in the we Mustang. Start, we right start now. back about uh, fifty yards. Back from wherever all this stuff is. And you're in your Mustang. If I'm Mustang. Right. Okay. Uh, five speed. So, <laughs> so I'll usually go from first to second. It's usually the second or third. If I get up to third, I know we're going to have a good bag. <laughs> so I'll get up so to third. So what speed are you at in third gear? At the point where Adam usually lets go of the cart and aims our shot, I'm usually going about 70, 75, 80 miles an hour. Okay, so for anybody who's never heard a cart bashing episode, what he's talking about is he takes the Mustang and he, there's somebody hanging out the uh, side of the car. Holding onto a cart. You have Our to have friend, one hand on the front corner and you have one hand on the back. So you're controlling the spin like because the, the cart will start wobbling if you try to hold <laughs> it just by itself. Yeah, it'll so, bash into the car, so they have to hold it off the car. So we've got somebody hanging out of the side of the car, holding the cart on the front and on the back of it, controlling like where it's spinning and shit like that. And that person has to push a shopping cart, and I'm talking about the metal shopping carts that you walk through the grocery store yeah, with, yeah. off the car. And then they and, hit said target. And you have whatever target is in front of you. Now, usually we were just hitting a, we were hitting a pylon pole with a cement post. Uh, if we were lucky, there was an air conditioner that they left exposed like idiots. <laughs> <laughs> so this an air conditioning machine, a, sta- a walk-in freezer, all kind of stuff we would bash. Thousands so, of dollars of But equipment. on this particular track, we called them tracks. They were the backs of – if you ever drive behind a grocery store, it's not a lot of driving room. <laughs> There's not a lot of driving room at all. So Kenny gets about – Hold on. God damn it. You're going to, to the next step. So as we're aiming in this particular bash, this was where we knew we could hit the ultimate score of C5. C5 being the greatest bash ever. We only had three of them all the time. One involved lighter fluid and concrete blocks. <laughs> Tell us it was one time. <laughs> and he has an engineering degree. And boy, did it pay off. <laughs> He's like, you guys know, if we add some concrete blocks to this. <laughs> we're going to get to that. The in first time second. we weren't able to pull it off because it made it holding it so much harder. So anyway, this one, there was a ramp, literally a concrete ramp where like – poured into the concrete driveway okay. that went up to an elevated platform. And on the other side of the platform was literally a cliff for where you could back a huge truck up, an 18-wheeler, 
and have the, the unload ramp where you come straight off the truck onto the thing. Right. It's a cliff in our heads. It was probably six foot drop. Like a little bit of a drop. But if you had coming off the ramp <laughs> with a cart, that it might would as well watch be, the motherfucker might into as the well air. be a fucking uh, um, evil Knievel jump. And plus there were air conditioners down there. So if the whole thing is, as I'm driving, you can only control the cart so much. There are pylons on the outer edge of the overhang of that dock. So at some point I do have to pull to the left. And at that point it's making it harder for the cart pilot <laughs> right. to push off hard enough to where he'll make it around those same pylons on the other side. The gunner, if you so will. So we have to create a Y split between the car and the, and if you do, it'll go off the ramp, off the cliff and into all that equipment and blow up. <laughs> <laughs> so as the spot or as the gunner in the passenger seat, who's got the actual cart and shit like that, who has to launch it off the car You've got to be able to time it just perfectly. Yeah, Shane got to do it a few times. I was I got to do the cart gunner never. So because I was our top pilot. So the top way sh- uh, car pilot, the way the cart would the, or the way it would work, Kenny as the pilot would pull fifty feet back from this ramp, more than fifty feet, more like yards. Okay, I'm sorry, fifty yards from this ramp, pull all the way back, and then get the car up to third gear, 75, 80 miles an hour. The gunner in the passenger seat has to push this cart off. At this point, that cart's fighting you. Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like wobbling and shit. And the first few times we did it, because I was there, like, Kenny and Adam came up with cart Everybody rashing. said cart rashing was stupid until they did it the first time. <laughs> and then that drilling hit you, and you're like, all right, let's bash some carts. So Kenny and uh, Adam did this one night without anybody with them. And Kenny and Adam come over to my house and they've got this look in their eye. My God, you got to try this. It reminds me of the first time everybody would talk about Fight Club in the movie. They'd come up and go, I found this new thing, man. And it's so good. And like, my life is so much better. And it's amazing and shit. And they had that look of like enlightenment in their eyes. And Kenny goes, you got to get the car with me right now. I'm like, where are we going? He goes, we're going to go cart bashing. He goes, we're going to, no, you said we're going to go play a sport we invented. <laughs> I was like, what's the sport called? He goes, cart bashing. So I get in the car and we drive off and it was just a really simple track. We go to the back of the store, run like a cart directly into a yellow pylon, but Kenny like veers off. Hold he, on. That's where I'll take over. You're not, you're not the driver. Okay. So as the driver, usually also at the end of this run behind the store, there's usually a very sharp turn. Like ninety degrees. Oh yeah, there wasn't like miles of straight line, and you're going like eighty are. or ninety at this point because you were building speed, and you don't dare start slowing down until that cart's launched. Oh then, no, then you're a big pussy. So <laughs> you're playing chicken with pylons. That's basically. where I, that's when I learned how to power slide because I'd have to get that car sideways as fast as possible because you need all your your uh, thrust going into the turn because that wall's coming, and I'd rather hit a wall sideways than head on. Yeah, you told it me that spreads, plenty of times. It spreads, the, it spreads the impact out. You said these words to me plenty of times while I've been in the car with you. I've been going 80 or 90 miles an hour. <laughs> and the car slides to the left. And you said, like, the car will spin. And every time inside your head, you have the feeling that this could be the last time that we do this. <laughs> <laughs> and Kenny might have fucked up royally. Because there would usually be a Then they get good to me and I'd do, like, a 360 <laughs> in the turn. And I'd get real pissed off. That's what I'm saying, though. Is like it would get That's good. the difference of cart bashing with Shane as the gunner and Adam. Adam would be like, yeah, do that 360 again. And Shane would be like, god damn it. I thought we were going to die. I'm going to get out of the car if you do that again. I can't do this again, man. Steven's all hopeful. Do I get to throw the cart? <laughs> If you can tell the car. No, Stephen, you're 12. Stay in the back seat. Darlene will kill me if you die. <laughs> Literally, my mom has always loved Kenny so much for some reason. Like, had no idea. Like, 
my mom, I was working at the time when my dad went to jail and shit like that. And my mom would be like, Hey, can you help me out with some money for the power bill? So I would help her pay, you know, with money for the power bill. And then for the little bit of time that Kenny would go up to Burger King and hang out and stuff like that, he'd be like, Hey, Darlene, can I borrow like $10? I would not ask. Like I would just mention how somebody stole my wallet or whatever. Yeah. Give me gas. Money. Yeah. So my, I was literally <laughs> working a job, giving my mom money for the grocery bill or for the light bill. I can't believe you're such a hater. And then my just mom, be, you're, you're trashing your mother for being charitable. That's just rude. My mom would loan this money. She wouldn't loan to it to me. She Kenny. gave it to me. It wasn't like I was. She never told me to pay her back. So going back to cart bashing. <laughs> so going back to cart bashing. Just want to point out that Shane bashed his mother for for being charitable. That's all. So back to cart bashing. That's what cart bashing is. We hold were doing on, that one hold night. On, hold on. That's all we need to really go no, on. No, no, no. We have you a whole episodes. Up, we do. Listen, you brought up something with Telvis. That I feel like we need to address because the audience got to hear like a snippet of they that story. They can go back and listen to the cart bashing episode. Now you have a vested reason to go back and listen to post episodes. Okay, so as someone who was there, I can say cart bashing is something that you should never, ever do, but it was a shitload of fun. Next up, we run to a quick promo break, but when we get back, we discuss getting high on hamburger buns, supposedly, and then we nerd out with some role-playing stories, but not like you would think. So check it out. We'll be right back. From the chilling music of one of the most captivating serial killers from the past 100 years to the fear and witch hunts surrounding satanic panic in the 80s. These are the stories that are begging to be told. Join me, Aiden Wolf, as we look at some of the tales from the underbelly of the entertainment industry on the Dark Corner of Radio. You can find the Dark Corner of Radio anywhere you download your favorite podcast or on my website, aidenwolf.ca. Advertising has us chasing cars and clothes, working jobs we hate so we can buy shit we don't need. Have you ever wished you could get extra now that I'm older? Well, now you're in luck because if you go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older, sign up to the $10 level, you'll be able to hear Patreon exclusive content with stuff just like this. Why would you have fetuses as toys? In what sort of Russian nightmare cartoon do you have fetuses as toys? Kenny hates little children. Kenny hates happiness. Especially children. Kenny hates pretty much everything. So I hate happiness. I just hate other people's happiness. I just, I know we're not supposed to get political on now that I'm older, but what the fuck is going on? So go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older, sign up to the $10 level, and you'll be able to check out our Patreon exclusives every single time we drop one. Oh, criminals in this town used to believe in things. Honor. Respect. Look at you. What do you believe in, huh? What do you believe in? I believe... Whatever doesn't kill you simply makes you a stranger. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Cassie. And I'm Christina. Have you ever had a guy you're dating try and pick up your brother? Have you ever been on a date where a guy showed up wearing the exact same outfit as you? Have you ever been on a date where the guy sniffs you as a greeting? If so, this just might be the podcast for you. Tune in to My Worst Date. Because let's face it, misery loves company. You can't handle the truth! Okay. So we were out doing this one night, and it got to be around 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. And we're all kids, so we're broke. And it was me, Adam, and Steven. 
Okay. So Stephen's like, hey, guys. <laughs> now, remember, so, go back to the beginning of the story. Me and my little brother know the inner workings of Burger King and everything not, it, about they, it. They'll get that. It's not that hard to figure out. So, <laughs> so he goes, hey, guys, we're on Austell Road. My mom's Burger King is right down the road. And right about now is when the bread gets delivered. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, the bread for the day gets delivered every morning before anybody gets there. And he goes, people get there at 5 o'clock in the morning. So the bread's got to get there around 4, 4.30. And sure enough, we drive back there. There's like one of those stack tray things, like you see at prison, <laughs> where it has like just stacks of bread trays. And we got like three bags of Whopper bread buns. And we just ate nothing but plain buns. Oh, I'm sorry. It was me, Adam, Steven, and Jamie. Okay. Jamie Smith. And we were all, we got, and we convinced ourselves that we got high off these buns. <laughs> Wait think, a minute. I think we were just uh, starving <laughs> and had so much adrenaline in our system from cart bashing, but we were convinced as hell that we got bun highs. Wait. Because we ate like six buns each. <laughs> so you guys didn't have any like bologna? Or no, we nothing? had nothing. No, no ham? <laughs> Jamie at one point took a bun and put it in a bun and claimed he had a bun sandwich. But like, you're, you're just a fucking idiot. <laughs> bun sandwich, you idiot. <laughs> and this is before you guys smoked weed or anything. Yeah, we didn't, drink, we didn't do drugs or drink at all. Our whole group didn't back then. You guys were just idiots driving around in a Mustang that has a hole in it and a possibility yeah, We're the opposite of, of a after-school special because we quit doing illegal shit once we started drinking. <laughs> I just, I, I go back to that time period and I remember like you guys telling me stories like this and you guys would always do this stuff without me because you're like, Shane Shane's there. a little fucking bitch. Like, we're in trouble. <laughs> That's exactly what it would always be. We're in trouble. And we'd be like, God damn it. Kitty, we would be inside stores and Kenny would be like, dude, put this in your pocket. <laughs> I never like, stole that. I never stole that. It was too easy. I was like, dude, I'm not putting anything in my pocket. He's like, dude, put it in your fucking pocket. Don't be such a pussy. I was like, Kenny, I'm not stealing anything. I've never told you to steal anything. You've told me to steal. We were inside of a grocery store. I have never told you to put anything in your pocket, first of all, because you'd be a little snitch bitch about it. And you'd freak out and you'd be useless. Okay. Do you know why? I don't ever steal. Because <laughs> you're a chicken shit. No, it's not that I'm a chicken shit. I mean, not that I steal, but you know, you'd be really mad, worried about the consequences. You're you're par- you're a pretty big thief, Kenny. Let's be honest. You've stolen quite a set, I'm quite not a bit stolen of stuff. Anything. I, I steal things like blankets out of people's cars after they annoy me. <laughs> See, I, I steal over- for justice. <laughs> <laughs> I came over. I to stole King's a kid's house. joints one time and caused a big rugamaroo over at David and Telvis's. Wait, so why did you steal the kid's joints, number one? Because I didn't like him. So you stole from him, and then I'm guessing he accuses other people that aren't you. Or No, I didn't you. get that far, because I called like 10 minutes after I left and told him I took his joints. <laughs> <laughs> he was being a fucking prick. We got to the house, and you know, David Tell's house was the smokehouse. I brought smoke over there all the time. Everybody brought smoke over there. Well, that was the place where everybody went to avoid Paul. My, my roommate. <laughs> Before I got a place, yes. <laughs> so we would go to David Tellus's. And um, this kid moved in. And when I say moved in, they used to, like, rent out their couch. <laughs> there was a time period When you where... worked at Dave & Buster's, there was always somebody who had no other option. And you could rent your couch out for, like, $400 a month. So this guy named Paul, he went to high school with us. You made him cry. I did? Uh, his name was it started with J, and his last name started with P. They okay. called him JP. Okay. Kid with glasses, you stole his shit in game. <laughs> oh shit! Oh shit! That kid. Yeah. So in role playing, Shane robbed him of his weapons. 
Because like we played cutthroat role playing. It wasn't like quick, quick, we quick are, story. We are a band of merry heroes. No, we were a bunch of assholes that would fucking push each other off a cliff if it meant making a dollar. <laughs> quick, quick, quick story. I'll just tell like what exactly happened. Imagine if you're hanging out. If you've ever seen Key and Peele. Where like um, the guy's cousin comes over and he's Kanye the Giant. He yeah. just basically takes over. We're not going on adventure. We're going to we're going to a strip club to look at titties and get some titties. <laughs> I'm going with, with Kanye the Giant. <laughs> it, starts, it starts raining. I want some Alize. Well, there's no Alize in here. Nah, I'll roll for Alize. <laughs> I mean, so that's what it was like to role play with me and Kenny at this point because we'd already formed this bond where it was like, listen, if you're not in, you're out, and we're just gonna kill you or take your shit. Our guys, our role playing friends, it was more like a magna from Japanese. <laughs> we're like real life shit. Like we would fight each other just like over stupid shit. Exactly. So this <laughs> we pick fights each other. So these guys are used to like straight D and D where you're yeah, merry little team. It was like Harry Potter versus Tolkien. <laughs> it, it was the, it was life and death when you yeah, hung out. The with part us. you know where Bormer and the Tolkien novels and in Middle Earth, back when he like wanted to steal the horn because <laughs> it like started getting to him. Right, that's how our role playing group was. I want that sword shade. <laughs> Fuck our, you! I have a high I have a high hearing percentage. I heard you. Fuck you then. <laughs> I'm just gonna go ahead and say this is all nerd talk. But anyway, I lance shame with my lance. <laughs> I ride through shame with my lance. I block you again. All fucking nerd talk. But this kid decides he wants to role play with us, and he's like a freshman, and we're like juniors or some shit like that. Or I'm a junior and Kenny's a sophomore or some shit like that. So he decides to play with us. And me and Kenny, if you he's... imagine coming, if you imagine like a child walking into like attack two wolves. That's kind of what it was like. He and, came in, and we were on a quest, and Shane immediately, because Shane was playing a thief, Shane immediately started stealing shit off of his character. And I'm rolling for it. <laughs> I'm rolling with dice, and I'm getting high rolls, and I'm taking everything from him. At one point, I stole everything he had on, and he was standing there naked with rocks and his little sword thing. I just realized how nerdy this sounds as we're telling it. But anyway. Well, you were a huge nerd. You're a band up, and you role-played. Shut up, dude. You role-played fucking Star Wars and Star Trek when I first met you, okay? Let's not fucking start casting stones over there, dude, buddy. that was still cool. No, you weren't. Yes, I was. Star no, Wars is awesome. If you could role-play Star Wars right now, you'd buy a game today. You were never... You played all the Knights of the Old Republic games. Star Wars role-play. Don't try to doctor it up. Nothing to be ashamed of, unless you're ashamed of it because you're a poser. I'm not a poser. Poser. I'm not... Shut your fucking mouth. Don't I'm even know which goddamn movie is Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> We're not talking about the fact that I confused Empire and Return of the Jedi, and I accused someone of doing the same taking, taking when they Ewoks. were right. Yeah. That, anyway, so we go back. <laughs> so we go back to the fact that you go over to David and Telvis's, and this kid's laying on the couch. He said, "No, he comes in too." Like, we all got off at the same time. We all worked at Dave and Buster's. Okay. So he rolls himself a joint and just smokes it. <laughs> like we're all kind of like in that uncomfortable, like all looking around, like we're all trying to figure out if this kid's really like. Just gonna smoke his joint by himself. Like he doesn't even get up to walk away. Like he doesn't even offer it. Like he's just sitting there puffing away. So and wait a minute. So the kid really like comes in, pulls weed out, rolls a joint, sits there. Yeah, I mean, and then, like if it was just me and me and Bo there, I get it. But like we were with Bo and we were David and Telus. It was their house, and we were all like. I mean, there's one thing if like the dude really got up and walked outside or some shit like that. No, he did it right in front of everybody. That's pretty fucking dick right there. So then he went upstairs to, to change, and I was like, man, fuck this little thing. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, fuck boy. <laughs> First of all, this dude's little, so he's like maybe a buck forty. And like you're about five, what, he's 250, like five, 260 he's like five, at this point? 
Yeah, and like I'm as muscular as I am now, just without any fat because we were poor. Right. This is when I was just as poor. Because we were driving around eating hamburger buns. This was our tw- early 20s where we all lived away from home and we were all learning yeah. how good we used to have it. <laughs> when somebody else was in charge of food and bills. When the worst problem <laughs> you had was whether or not you were going to take a well, nap. Except for Shane. He had march around trailers and shit. But for the rest of us, it was a new experience. <laughs> My life was a mini, uh, a mini layered onion back then. So anyway, the dude goes to the bathroom to change or goes upstairs to change. So he had rolled three joints i just took the mother two bitches and left with Bo. and uh i waited about 20 minutes and i called her to the house so you're good and high on his weed about 20 minutes yeah later. i smoked the first joint <laughs> <laughs> it was tactical i totally wanted to do this the way I, I smoked the first one and i called the house and he answered and i was like what's up josh he's like y'all see my joints and i was like oh yeah i just smoked the first one <laughs> What the fuck? And I was like, you're a smoker for us like a dickhead. I want to treat you like a dickhead. So you so, stole from this guy for so, justice. So, now, keep in mind, I've still got the second joint. And he goes, well, are you at least going to bring back the other one and smoke it? And I'll smoke it with you? And I was like, no. <laughs> that's, that's my joint, too. God damn it. Dude. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Click. <laughs> this is when I had the car phone. Oh, dude, because Kenny was big balling back then because he had a Volvo with a car phone it in was it. Like, no, that was the Lumina. When I got the oh, Lumina. the Lumina. That's right, the Lumina. I had a Lumina. And when we say car phone, it was literally mounted to the floor. This is like 1998. Kenny felt like the fucking... Like, we all had pagers. I was the only one with a cell phone. Kenny felt like the dude... For, uh, he felt like a fucking secret agent and shit. Where he'd dude, be like picking it up shut and up, Don't act like you didn't think it was cool when I'd pull up and tell you to come outside and get in the car. <laughs> it was fucking dope as shit to go outside <laughs> and be like, where'd you call me from? Oh, I got a car phone, bitch. My bill was $500 a month because I used it. <laughs> you, it was $500 a month? They didn't have free minutes back then at all. Oh, that's right. I bet your parents were fucking pissed oh, the I first time they got the bill. So much trouble. I bet they were like, don't you ever use the fucking car phone. That shit costs money. And you were like, right. You could use it for free after 9 o'clock. Because <laughs> I remember Kenny being like, no, 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 no. Page me. Page me until 9 o'clock. Then you can call me. <laughs> It was serious, yo. Do you remember when you got your first cell so, phone and they had so then free I came and back the next day, and okay. sure enough, he he passed that joiner. Because <laughs> I mean, I did it the nice way the first time. I would have just mugged him and took his bag the next day. <laughs> See, that's that's some bullshit right there, though. That, there were some things like well, Ray, David, and Telvis were managers at Dave and Buster's, and I was what's called an auditor. So I was basically the on-site accountant of the whole store. Like I could pull your drawer if you were, or your your money bag if you were a waitress, or your drawer if you worked in the back, and audit you if I wanted to at any time, just because I felt like it. That's <laughs> but, way that's that's way too much power. For that one it was David put me in that position, and me they were like, oh man. <laughs> so immediately I was robbing. Could the you place. imagine? Kenny, <laughs> could you, can, can you guys out there in the now that I'm older world imagine Kenny with this kind of power walking around going, hey, uh, Tony. I saw you over there a second ago with your drawer. I want you to step back in my office. So you know how with tickets things, how they don't really count tickets at these kind of places for the prizes. Right. And you know, people go in there and like spend hundreds of dollars to get these prizes. There's like gambling addicts that go in there with big giant buckets, try to get as many tokens as they can to try to get a TV. And some of them are good at it. They play the coin games. They're crazy good at it. But as an auditor, what they do is they bring, you bring your tickets up. They don't count to see if you have a hundred tickets. They weigh the tickets. Okay. And the weight tells you how many tickets there are. Well, as the auditor, I could just punch into the machine and tell it how many tickets to print out. 
And I never abused that power because I was like, well, that's obviously traceable. <laughs> but several people did. That's why they made an auditor because I could also pull the ticket history, make oh, sure. Oh, so people were like short or people were like doing lower tickets and shit like yeah. that and getting prizes. And, and I was good at it. But then they put me in another position and I then knew how the auditor position worked. So I was able to work around that and steal money. So so this is back when you were basically robbing David Buster's blind. Well, I was the auditor first, learned how their systems worked. And then when they put in the cinema ride, I robbed them. <laughs> they made me the manager of Cinema Ride, and we, we immediately made up a scam. To where if they paid cash. Black people only. <laughs> we did not offer these specials to white people. No offense, white people, but y'all be snitches. So you were basically um, racially profiling the people that would come over. In reverse. This is called black privilege because you get trusted. Nobody, I'll approach a black man for weed before I approach a white man just because the black guy, even if you don't have nothing to do with weed, is not likely to snitch. I gotta be honest and say I do the same exact goddamn thing. I I'm not gonna go to like this the I mean, shady white guy because he. Like, I don't under- snitch at work on principle, even when somebody snitches on me, and it's tempting because I want to snitch. But, <laughs> but snitches get stitches, and we live by that at my job. You do. You guys have a lot of fight clubs back in the back. It's of the all girls, but shit. they are way more vicious than physical violence. <laughs> you can be ostracized from the group quickly. <laughs> Sitting over there eating your fucking lean cuisine yeah. all by yourself. Exactly what happens. <laughs> you go walk into the to the grocery store by yourself to get your sandwich because nobody wants to walk with you. <laughs> We're vicious at my job. We're hood. <laughs> It's like a big-ass high school up where you work. No, it's not like a big-ass high school. It's like a big-ass hood where you'll get jumped. This is not high school. This is not game, son. This is serious. And so we come to the end of another fun-filled episode. That's it for Now That I'm Older this week, guys. Thank you so much for checking out the show. You can find us online, nowthatimolder.com, Facebook, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also find us on Twitter and Gmail, but it's at NTIOPod. Check back next Thursday for a brand new episode. And as always, getting older sucks, but can be awesome at the same time. Have a great week. All right, guys, this has been another episode of Now That I'm Older. I'm here with Kenny. He's decided I'm just taking take off my headphones off. off. I, have to go. I just told you. I got dirty drawers. We're not still talking about your underwear, Kenny. What the hell? Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it.